Welcome to another edition of Not Your Father's Data Center. I'm Raymond Hawkins, your host. Today, we are joined by the Vice President of Global Data Centers of Bloom Energy, my friend, Jeff Barber. Jeff, how you doing, bud? Good to see I'm you. Good. Good to see you, too. So I hear energy's a problem, right? Energy's a problem, but uh, first I'd like to address the extreme cruelty of a 6.30 start. Yeah, that's fair. I, I know we need to get that out. We are, we are recording early in the morning. We are recording early. Yes, energy... <laughs> especially in our world, right? Yeah. Data centers consume a massive amount of power, as we all know. Um, ESG, you know, the environment is a, is a critical, absolutely critical point. Um, so what uh, Bloom Energy uh, does fits perfectly. It's a perfect storm for the company. We'll yeah. go into that a little bit. Yeah, great yeah. timing for you guys the, with, with well, our, what our industry is facing and what our planet's facing. So uh, a couple of things, before we get too far down the path uh, on what we do together professionally, I'd love to have folks understand you a little bit. Where'd you grow sure. up? Where's home? Where'd you, where do you live? How did you get to Bloom? Um, go, give us a little bit of your background first. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm a California boy, born and bred. Um, a little bit of a circuitous route to, to data centers. I actually started my career in technology, um, working for the California State Lottery on mainframes, believe it or not. So I started my career living in the data center um, in a very cold room. This is well before hot aisle containment or anything like that, where you actually had to be at the console doing things. So I spent quite a few years there. And then uh, my formative uh, sales years, I was primarily with uh, Hewlett Packard and a company called EMC, which was acquired by Dell. So EMC VMware. Did you work at IBM? I didn't know that, did you? No, no, just on the mainframe side with mainframes. Well, main, mainframes, actually, they were mini computers from a company called DEC. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. then prior to that, Concurrent and Tandem, believe it or not. So we're, right. we're going yeah, way tandem, back. You're going way back. Going way that's back. Tandem pre the Compaq acquisition. That's, you're going that's right. way back. Well, the, the equipment wasn't actually new that yeah, I was yeah. on. So it had some age on it already. And you got an EMC stint in there too. Oh my goodness, yeah, great company. Um, That's 11 years, professional selling there. 11 years at EMC, the, the toughest, best sales environment in the world. Uh, EMC was acquired by Dell. Uh, as you know, they own VMware and many other products. So ran global accounts for them, for the technology sector, and just had an absolute, absolute blast. So I went from working within the data center, um, like I said, very cold environment with my contacts popping out, very dry environment over to filling the data center on the IT equipment side, right? So servers and storage and software and all of that good stuff. Um, after about uh, 15 years in the IT sector, I, uh, I went to work for a developer. So we were doing uh, build the suits, we were doing powered shells, data centers, um, fit outs. Um, so really learned the business from the construction side. So when, I, when I met you and Compass and all the other folks, and then uh, uh, Bloom Energy kind of popped on my radar with um, all of the issues right now with power, access to power, obviously supply chain issues, most importantly, carbon footprint of data centers, right? Massive, massive power consumers. Started talking to them and um, working with them a little bit, understood the messaging much better. I said, this is beyond a perfect fit for the data center world. So yeah. came on over to Bloom. So, so uh, California the whole time, all, all your gigs in California? All my gigs in California, but most of those at the airport. Gotcha, yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah, I'd yeah, call yeah, it home yeah. base. In and out of SFO a few times? Just a few times, yeah. just about once a week, yeah. All right, so, so uh, technology the whole time, which is, uh, I think you and I, one of the reasons we, we, we connect so well, having spent a career filling the buildings full of data center, filling sure. the building full of computers, understanding what needs to go on there. So, so um, as we switch and think about 
how do we get here? How did we end up where we have power constraints literally in every meaningful market, right? There's yep. some issue with how do we get power? How do we get it delivered? And, uh, and what do we do to feed these, you know, very power thirsty facilities and, and computers? Yep. So, so as, you, as you leave the construction business, leave the data center business and, and, and you hear the Bloom story, talk to me there about why that, uh, what about Bloom stood out to you and you said, hey, this makes sense and I ought to be helping these guys grow this business. Yeah, absolutely. So you hit it on the head. Um, any, most popular markets have power constraints right now, but that, uh, like most issues, that's a multitude of, of factors that, that drove that. Um, first and foremost, you know, being uh, the environment, the climate, carbon footprint, uh, the desire to, to shift towards greener energy, that does put constraints on, on a centralized grid, which is kind of another contributing factor. Um, when the grid is centralized, it's difficult to transmit to some of these locations in the quantities that we need. We're talking tens of megawatts or hundreds of megawatts in some, in some cases, as you know. Uh, the Bloom message is uh, essentially, there is time value to reducing carbon now. We're all marching towards zero carbon footprint. That's, that's a fantastic goal. It's a goal I believe that will be achieved, but today it's extremely difficult. First and foremost, Bloom reduces the carbon footprint of power at the data center dramatically over centralized utility. That's, that's today. There is uh, already a capability in the product to be carbon free by using hydrogen as a fuel source um, versus natural gas or biogas. So today, right now, we can cut the carbon footprint 20, 25% over standard utility. Um, I think it's important to talk about what, what Bloom is though and what it is not. So Bloom, Energy uh, is solid oxide fuel cells um, that are on site at your facility in a microgrid form. So this can be, this is power generation at your facility without the centralized grid, with the centralized grid, um, it can I has. Can some dumb questions? Yeah, I, th I think there's lots of people that think of, uh, hey, this is just a big battery pack or this yeah, is something. Yeah. It's, it's not that, right? These are not no. batteries, they're right? We're not storing energy. We're actually generating energy That's inside right. the fuel cell, correct? That's exactly right. So we get that question a lot. Yeah. Uh, we have, um, we do have cathodes and anodes, you know, printed on each side of each fuel cell. So that looks a little like a battery, but that's not what, what we're doing. Bloom is, Bloom is intended to create energy for the facility to be the primary energy to that facility 24 7 365. but i mean and, and for data center folks if we think about i've got a diesel gen sitting out back right that's it's right. generating power for me i'm not i'm not storing it's not a ups i'm not storing anything that's i'm right. literally generating power and that's what my bloom fuel cell is doing right that's it's right. a it's a power generation device it may have some storage capability inside it but it's generating power yeah. and the same kind of concept it's it's power when i need it right it's generation and it's flow and it's on right it's it, there's no we're not it's, we're not we're not flipping and switches on and off. We're not waiting for this thing that's to spin right. up in five minutes. It's either on or it's off. Right? That's that's exactly right. It is. Um, it does have load following. You can you go you can follow peaks. You can go up and down with the device. But most importantly, a great great comparison with the generator. Um, there's no combustion in our device. Okay. When I say fuel, I'm I'm referring to converting molecules into electrons. Okay. So I'm not. I've got I got an engine. I've got somewhere. no. I've had no combustion. Fully solid state. No moving parts other than some circulation fans, which are not mission critical um, to the devices and, and very redundant. So I've got a solid state device using an electrochemical process. That's the proprietary process for Bloom. 
Um, each, each device is putting out 55 kW per box. Those are aggregated into a common bus, into something we call an energy server, which is six of those devices. Um, and, and from there, we can string them together to provide unlimited power to the facility. So a standard setup's got eight, and I'm looking at with three, 400 kilowatts coming out of it. Is that, three, is that 320, 320. 320. Each, each box is about 55 gotcha. kW. It's, uh, it's a great point. Back to, you know, what did I see in Bloom? Looking at Bloom uh, when we went public or even before that, when, when we kind of came out of stealth mode, the devices were, were putting out, say, 20 kW. Right. So now we're at 55 kW. It's continuously improving. Uh, that's moving up the spectrum roadmap as well in the not too distant future. Um, but we also were able to gain economies of scale as the company grew. As the company grew, so we have uh, much, much, much more competitive pricing uh, in many markets. Um, certainly in California, we have lower pricing than than centralized utility. So. Everything is falling in line with the company as it relates to data centers. So we'll get back to the power, the price conversation, because I do think that'll be an interesting one. But but, but back up, you, you were hired to help them grow the data center business. Yeah. Talk to me about where Bloom cut their teeth, because the business isn't brand new. The business has been around a decade. Yeah. How did the business start? What was it doing from the jump? What was what what market was it serving? Because it certainly appears to me to be big enough now that it can handle what we're doing in the data center business, but it didn't start there. So back to the beginning, how, how do we, in the mission critical space, go, hey, I can trust this thing. Yeah, um, it's a very good point. So going way back, the device, um, the, the founder of the company and inventor, KR, our CEO, um, actually worked for NASA. And the device was intended to, to produce oxygen for Mars missions. Okay, well, um, those missions were, were canceled or delayed and, and KR founded Bloom because we can reverse that process you know, creating oxygen is, is taking energy to molecules. We can reverse that process and take molecules to energy. So the, the, the company came out of stealth mode. And then, uh, you know, I would say the first, the first deployments were uh, early adopters in the classic sense. Um, lots of retail, some hospitals, um, some, some data centers, some data halls in data centers. Um, uh, you know, companies like, like eBay, for instance, in Utah, we're using Bloom very early on with our friend Dean Nelson, who I'm sure most of us know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, running that over there. So, um, you know, the, to the current, this just constant improvement, constant monitoring, which is important to the mission critical point. So every Bloom device, every fuel cell stack is monitored by Bloom. Tremendous amount of predictive analysis going on. Um, your folks have insight to it as well through through the BMS or however they want to look at it. But it's uh, so, so you, you say early on hospitals, <clears throat> excuse me, or retail. Were they doing it from a cost perspective, or were they doing it from an availability? Is it, is it, was it because a retail site was far enough away and they needed a generation source? What, what was the selling point early on? Why? I think a combination. So um, first and foremost, we can get you we can get you to market sooner if you don't have a transmission line okay. or a substation there. You know, these are devices on site. These are microgrids on site. Okay, so behind the meter. Um, there's an ESG play there as well. Like okay. I said, dramatically reduced carbon footprint. There is, uh, there are groups, as, as we know, within companies that look to the future, two, three, four, five years out. Um, so some small deployments, testing it, understanding it, putting it through its paces. Many of those, after years of deploying Bloom, have zero issue switching wholeheartedly to Bloom as the primary power source. So, so are, are these hospitals or retailers, are those guys doing instances where they're not on the grid, they're not 
uh, using. There are there are those. They're doing, yeah, wow. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And Bloom's their their primary source. Yes. In the in the if we take re retail for instance, um, we have a little bit different different definition within Bloom of of what we call critical. Um, if I'm at a retail location, critical power may be half of the capacity. Maybe I light every other aisle. Right. But I'm not bringing down can, the business. I can still run the cash registers. I can right, still right. run things exactly. And the data center industry, as you know, it's all critical. We call critical IT, but mechanical is just as important as right. as, yeah. as the data hall, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, it uh, primary power, no utility involved, no substation there. Um, working with the utility, we can load follow. We can you can use the utility to to to, to shave the peaks. Um, your hot environment, for instance, in our world, if you're if you're cooling like crazy, can you use the utility as your backup? You can use the utility as the backup. I mean, there are some economic challenges there. I mean, you'd be paying yeah, reservations. They're, they're going to say they're going to have making too many yeah. load fees. Yeah. yeah, but you you know we we do have data center customers that uh, more look like a like a two N than an N plus one, where we have Bloom as primary power, um, static transfer switch in the middle. Still a generator involved, but utility is the first point of fail. Gotcha. Right. So we go bloom to utility to gens. Gotcha. Right. So that's that's a that's a deployed uh, architecture today. Gotcha. So as I think about it as a sales guy, I think okay, I've got a I've got a green angle that I can sell this on. Absolutely. Hey, I'm taking combustion and I'm taking you know carbon emissions out of the equation. You can take it completely out if you want. I've got a time to market. Equation. Um, I probably don't have a huge. I mean, I have some markets, but I don't have in every market uh, an economic win, right? There's some markets where I'm I'm going to be more expensive. The Bloom route is that is yeah, that fair to absolutely. say? Absolutely. Yeah. If if the decision's being made um, solely on price, I'm going to have a tough time in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or in or in Phoenix. Right. Um, think of hydro, yeah. hydro markets, right, where they're already a far, fairly green source and they're fairly inexpensive. So there are places where this makes a lot of sense, and places where it may not be a perfect fit. Purely economics. Yeah, that is that is a reality. It's interesting, though. Um, I'm personally, and the and the company is seeing uh, a shift where uh, the economics are, of course, critical. Uh, but Bloom is still is still being the choice for primary power because of the ESG uh, angle, because of the uh, the um, ability to to switch to hydrogen when the distribution is there, when the production is there. Um, so that's that's a carbon free. Um, uh, aspect of the of the device, um, economics also uh, take a little bit of a backseat if I can get you to market yeah, one or time, two or three uh, years. Yeah, time matters a bunch, yeah, right? Time to power is massive right now. Yeah, let's 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 stick a pin in that one. We'll come back to the, the where we're at globally from a power uh, availability perspective and time to market because that one I think is a big selling point for the folks in our business. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll do that one in a minute. As I continue to think through the why am I selling this? Why are people winning? Why are why are, why are you making um, hay with this? How big can we get? Because 300 kilowatts is great, but you know the scale that people are developing today. You know we're we're talking tens and and in some instances, hundreds. So, mm -hmm. so tell me about the success you guys have had in, in large-scale deployments so far. Yeah, yeah. Bloom, um, it's completely modular. The devices. So the energy servers, like I said, are are, are installed on a common bus, um, hundreds of megawatts, hundreds of megawatts. I mean, there there is individual a, installs that are hundreds of megawatts. Um, close to okay, close so you, to it. Tens at this close stage. To, okay, oh yeah, tens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely okay. tens. All right. Sure. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yep. And and for that, I'm guessing you're doing something special from it because I would think, as I think about these servers, um, mm. if you if you had tens of megawatts with them, 
you're covering acres of land. So how, how are you guys handling that today? Uh, there's, there's multiple options there, right? Uh, yeah, if the land is available and, and easy, we have some data centers in Napa, for instance, where they have enough land. Um, if, it's, uh, if it's constrained, Asia, for instance, and, and definitely in California, we, we, we have a, a designed uh, power tower, we call it. Essentially, it looks like a, a little bit like a parking garage that the devices are stacked. Gotcha. Right. So um, it, it is another structure, but again, it's it's replacing or supplementing the substation. Um, you know, so there are multiple ways to install it. If it's a brand new build, you could even put them on the roof. I mean, they're they're heavy devices, but you could do it. So thinking if, if I if I don't have a substation, can I can I get a power tower in about the same footprint as a substation? Um, the same about the same footprint. Yes, footprint's the right term. It would be higher. Yeah, it's going to be bigger. It'd be higher, taller, three yeah. or four stories, let's say. How, yeah. how are the AHJs handling that with you guys? How do they look at it? The power tower and 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 just your footprint all 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 together. You guys having challenges? Get because I, I think about it. You're not generating, so you don't need to get permits from a um, emissions perspective. Do they look at you and go, "Hey, no problem" from a appearance perspective? Um, it depends. It okay. depends. It depends on the uh, where you're at in the country and in, in the world. Um, but great point. There's. There's Do no think of you as the yard. I mean, I'm just wondering how yeah, because you're not really you're not really generating, but I also got to think you're not, you know, you're not. A it depends on the utility. Yeah. It really depends on the utility. Some uh, welcome us with open arms, some not so much. Bloom works through all of that with okay. you. We have we have folks that, that work through the legislation that work, work with permitting, uh, work with design. Um, so, yeah, we help you through. That whole process. But I'm thinking of it uh, from a sales perspective. Uh, hey, yes, there's a there's a um, a green view to this because I don't have emissions. But I also think from a um, planning and permitting perspective, right? If I don't have to, because there's lots of, especially here in the U.S. where we have trouble getting sufficient permits to do generation. Yep. This could be another reason why I go, hey, Bloom makes sense because I don't need emission permits. Yeah, this is right. True. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, don't need no, any no, emission. No knocks and socks. Yeah, if you're yeah, in yeah. California, there's no sequa. Yeah, okay. uh, process to go through. Um, you know, the, the amount of particulates are, is almost immeasurable. There, there's essentially none. Wow. Knocks and right. socks. Um, we do as a, as, a, uh, as a function of the electrochemical process today, if we're using natural gas or biogas, we, we do release some carbon dioxide. That's typically 20, 25% less than a standard utility would. That's back to the time value of doing something now. Right. So we can reduce now. And again, the hydrogen uh, roadmap is is already there. Yeah, you mentioned hydrogen earlier. So what what are we uh, what are we using in a fuel source today? Mm -hmm. And and tell me what's the hydrogen roadmap look like? I, I think we're using natural gas, right? Is that the natural gas or or biogas? Okay. So the device is actually based on hydrogen today. Uh, so within the bloom box, uh, we have what's called a steam reformation process. So we take in the natural gas or the biogas, as an example. We're, we're, we're extracting from that essentially the CH4, the, the hydrogen, and that's what we're using to produce the electrons. So um, that is uh, um, much lower emissions, like I said, the hydrogen roadmap. So Bloom is essentially using hydrogen today, okay? But if we, we go up to a 20% blend today, if you have hydrogen available, along with the, along with the natural gas. Um, the, the product that is all hydrogen, it requires different fuel rails, for instance, different materials in the fuel rails. Um, each fuel cell has, has fuel coming up each side of it. Those, those ports or ducts need to be a different size. Hydrogen is less dense. Based on what you're using. Yeah, based yeah. on what you're using, but it's not a, it's not a lift and replace. So uh, during the normal maintenance cycle, 
um, with, the, with the energy server, we would take one device offline, which still leaves you with your peak load. We, we size them so you have that redundancy. We essentially remove the, the guts of the devices and put in a hydrogen I got you. So I got natural gas guts. I take those out. Yep. I put in hydrogen guts and I'm back yep. up and rolling. And again, those are going to, going to be different fuel lines, stainless steel lines, things like that. So, so as a developer, I'm thinking about that. And I think, okay, the power infrastructure is really clear, right? I understand distribution lines and generation and substations. And I, I got that infrastructure really well. I think I get the natural gas infrastructure fairly well, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty well built out. I mean, I think we'd like more, but pretty yeah, well built exactly. out. I have no clue. What does the hydrogen distribution <laughs> system look like? I have no, I mean, is yeah. that a thing? Can, can you run hydrogen lines to your site? I mean, does that happen? It, it does happen. Okay. Um, uh, not so much in the US yet. Okay. Um, places like Singapore is quite a bit of production. Okay. Um, no, you hit it on the head. So that's what I mean by the time value to lowering carbon now. Hydrogen distribution is just not there yet. Yeah, there's, uh, there's hydrogen not, production. There's not a, hey, where's the nearest hydrogen point? Oh, it's just yeah, two meters up. Exactly. All we got to do is hit the distribution line. That, that's yep. not a thing, right? Yep, that's okay. not a thing. But so are you were, bringing it on trucks or what are you doing? No, I know we, we, we're actually today, we're, we're natural gas and biogas. Okay, um, here. Where, yeah, where it makes sense um, for hydrogen is really, I would say, three to six years from now. If everything comes to fruition with distribution and generation and, of course, the economics uh, of hydrogen. You're, you're ready with Bloom today. So when and if that occurs, you know, you're generating power today, you're powering your critical facility, four years down the road, five years down the road during a normal maintenance cycle, we can replace, we can replace the, the natural gas-based innards with the hydrogen-based. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, same technology though. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the system works the same. It's just different emissions. And and is it? Do you get any performance boost from hydrogen? Is it? Is no, it, it wouldn't does be my, a performance Does my three hundred twenty turn into four fifty or anything like that? No, 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 no. Not a boost. It's hydrogen is is uh, uh, much less density than than, gotcha. than natural gas, right? So essentially, essentially the same. Um, maybe one or two percent lower. I don't know that exact okay, number, so not, not, not but you're carbon free. Yeah. You're carbon free day one with with. Uh... Before we talk about the global power situation, I'm, I'm still fascinated by the the Bloom technology. What's the roadmap look like? Because 320 is great, mm -hmm. but our industry keeps taking down more and more power. What's the roadmap look like? You, you mentioned at the beginning it was a 20 kilowatt in a single yeah, yeah. device. What what are, what are we looking like? What do you guys do? You have a published roadmap? What does it say today? Um, I don't know that it's published. Good okay. question. Right. I would say that you will see. Um, some 20% plus boosts in density. Our, our technology right. show and talk about published yeah. roadmaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what we're going to do to our chips in 2027. I'll go back to my, my software days and I'll give you a month. That's right. Yes, that's right. That's right. June, exactly. we'll have this. That's right. Yeah. Without the Q2 end. of 27 is our target. That's yeah. our target. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. No, it's, um, uh, yeah, we will see some significant capacity boosts. Like I said, 20% plus. Um, in the future, not not too distant future. Okay. From Bloom, yeah. I got you. And and if it started at twenty, and we're at fifty five, and you're going to get another twenty percent, are, are there are there advances? And and I I think about you know in our world chips and microprocessors and more. Yeah. You know, uh, is 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 the technology having that kind of advancement, or can you guys keep doing it, or is it hey we look at these things and this thing's going to be a five hundred kilowatt thing and that's kind of what we're aiming towards, and it's never going to get bigger than that. Or, no, you, or, or are there advances happening? That's a great question. No, there are definitely advances okay. happening. Um, it's the, the, the base product remains the same. The, the solid oxide fuel cells remain the same. There are things we can do with, with um, different types of cathodes and anodes that we, that we actually print on to, these, to this uh, 
to the electrolyte. Um, you know, is it is it infinite? No, I wouldn't say that. It, it, it's an infinite growth. It's not like a Moore's law yeah, of right. uh, of power yeah. generation. But I think the real advantages come around uh, the economics involved, right? As as Bloom grows, the economies of scale You're become more and more and more favorable. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a that's a great point. We're manufactured 100% in the United States in Delaware and in Fremont, California. We're we're ramping to be able to hit, you know, avoid any backlog issues. We're gotcha. ramping up uh, production right now. Yeah, I would imagine backlogs coming for you guys. The, the way that we'll, we'll get to the power conversation in a little bit. Yeah, but I, I could see how you guys have uh, people. People are starting to ring your phone. I imagine a pretty yeah, good bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Before we get to the to the power conversation, how, how big are we talking? One of these power servers is eating up how much space? And the other mm -hmm. question: How heavy? I'm just interested. Can, can I put this somewhere, or, or do I do I need a foundation for it? T tell me how big and how heavy the thing is. Yeah, so approximately one meter squared from a footprint perspective. For each. one power server. No, well, and power server is 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 actually eight. Eight. Okay. Bloom right. devices. So eight of those. Eight, yep. Eight, eight one meter squares. Okay. Yeah, eight one meter squares essentially, yeah. but two of those eight are things like inverters or things like fuel filters and and some of the some of the microcontroller. Um, gotcha. uh, equipment that we need. Six of those are producing power. Okay. Right. So square meter, about seven feet high, approximately. These are in ruggedized. A big refrigerator. A big refrigerator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe a double door yeah, type yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, uh, they're, they're ruggedized. They're meant to be outside. Um, we can deliver them skid mounted. Um, otherwise, they're on a pad. Um, they can be on heavily compacted so, ground. So you can deliver them skid mounted. Otherwise, yep. do you bring me eight units and I set it on a pad? Is that how it normally typically, gets? Typically, okay. typically, and then we would we would obviously string those together yeah. onto the bus and, and get to the capacity you need. Um, we always size for um, for failures. It's a highly redundant and uh, very granular system, so we're we're ready to take one offline to do maintenance. We can handle uh, a fuel cell outage if we had that for some reason. Um, like I said, no no moving parts to speak of. Who's monitoring that box? Is it is it tied into my BMS? Are you monitoring it? How how am I tracking what goes on inside that thing? Bloom is absolutely fanatic about monitoring, for several reasons. Um, obviously, the brake fix aspect of it of powering critical facilities. We need to know if something is wrong. Predictive analysis is huge for Bloom, using ML AI, looking for looking for future failures or future warning signs that there could be a failure. Um, now, that being said, your folks in the, in, the, in the SOC, your folks on site, your ops folks, yeah, we have Modbus integration, set points you can view. They can see if it went from green to red to yellow and see what's going on. Um, Bloom will obviously let, let operations know when we're coming out to, yeah. to do something. Um, so the answer, is, the answer is both. Yeah, we have a tremendous amount of monitoring, auto alerts, all of the above predictive analysis, but your folks can, can can look into the box as well from an alert perspective. Right? I know you don't want to talk about bad things that happen, but can you give me a perspective on what, what, what does, in our world, right, we lose power, failure, mm -hmm. we're managing the power, we're managing redundancy. What, what does bad look like in a bloom world? What, what does something really terrible happen and that system went offline? What, 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 does, that, what does that look like? You know, um, to bring the entire system offline is, is pretty much going to be lack of, lack of fuel. 
Okay. Okay. We we lose a major natural gas pipeline. I was just say, but I'm running off of a pipeline that's underground. You're and, exactly yeah. exactly. You're you're not up on aerials like yeah. with power yeah. where storms and yeah, car storms accidents. Not take me out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to have a truck crashing in my substation or something like that, or the utility substation. So much much more stable. There are many examples where utilities have been down and, and Bloom had absolutely no running. no impact. Um, but yeah, you know, lack of fuel would would do it. Um, we're, we're converting molecules. If we don't have those molecules, I can't give you electrons. Um, the, the modularity of the system, though, we have some some pretty cool pictures of construction equipment falling over and, and, and crushing a couple of devices, and one or, one or two of them went offline, but the other ones remained up. They're all independent. They're just talking on a common bus. Yeah. Right? You're, you're making me think of my AS400 days, yeah, where you right, the, <laughs> the box is half full of water and it's still running. It's that, that right. kind of stuff. It's yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. Exactly. Interesting. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you, you've mentioned a few times, how fast you can get us power. Because today, in our business, right, in the data centers, mm -hmm. we, we have, you know, living through um, COVID, you know, this huge spike in demand for our customers. Sure, they all built sure. tons of capacity. We all went onto the grid and committed a bunch of power. I mean, I think everyone in our space pretty familiar with what's going on in Northern Virginia, right? Novak and Dominion uh, yep. struggling with, hey, how do I get sufficient distribution out? So that's driving a lot of us to ask the question, okay, if I can't get it off the grid, where can I get it? And I've got to believe that's making your phone ring. So talk to me about, um, you know, in, in markets where I'm getting told three or four or even five years yeah. for power, yeah. um, how, how big can you be? How fast can you be? How are you managing that? And, and is, that, are, is that starting to drive activity in your business? Yeah, absolutely starting to drive activity in the business. Um, Bloom has been planning for this, not this type of event, but this type of uptick, right? So um, we're bringing more and more manufacturing capability online all the time. I think we, we started with a with an annual ability of about 200 megawatts and we're, we're gigawatts now of, of, of production capability out of Delaware and, and out of Fremont. How long does it take to get on site? So, you know, I would say months versus years. Um, the reason I say that is it's not difficult to get the devices produced and shipped. And, and I'm asking a scale question. So if I, yeah. if I want 30 okay. megs mm -hmm. of, of production and I make the call and say, I need 30 megs and I need it in you know South Texas, What's it look like? You know, six to nine months, I think we'd be on site, installed, ready to rock. Um, some of it depends on permitting, obviously. Yeah. So there's there's outside influences that can that can cause delays. Right. So but it is months versus versus years. And we're doing it natural gas. Right. That's that's the way we're doing it today. Natural we're gas running. or biogas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Gotcha. You got it. Nine months compared to, I mean, because that's that's the problem we're running into right now, right? Yeah, is, is 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 everybody's, you know, in most markets, we're 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 measuring everything in years. So, what does the agreement look like? Um, am, am I buying the device and I can generate all the power I want? Am I paying just like I'd pay a utility? Do I have a meter? What does it look like when I go economically? How are we doing this? Yes to all. So okay, can be a capital acquisition, of course. You you buy the gear. Um, you buy a service contract, you know, for maintenance and things like that. You're you're procuring the, the natural gas from from the distributor, from the utility. That's a perfectly viable model. Uh, most common for Bloom is a power purchase so, agreement. So hold on, I want to make mm -hmm. sure I understand that one. I contract with the natural gas provider. He's running a meter for me. That's feeding my equipment, and what I get from electricity out of the equipment's yep. mine. Yes. And you and you guys don't care because you sold me the gear. That's right. I'm paying him for the gas. I bought the gear from you, and what I get out of it, I get out of it. That's right. And I can get 
you know, the maximum throughput or I could get half. I mean, it doesn't really, at that point, you guys don't care, right? No, we, um, no, we don't care in that example. And, and, and I say yeah. don't care, meaning economic. I, no, mean, I know, I know from a right. service customer provision, all that stuff, but I'm, I'm paying the gas provider for that's the right. gas utilization and I'm getting as much energy as I can get out of my box. That's right. Okay. That's right. We're, okay. we're behind the meter at that point. Okay. And, and I can do that in a capital arrangement with you. you. Can. I can write you a check for it. You can absolutely do that. Okay. Yeah. I got that one. Mm -hmm. um, what's another way I can do it? Most common is uh, power purchase agreement arrangements okay. where, where where Bloom uh, looks like a utility, we're charging you a, a fixed rate. Um, that's that's very charging me per kilowatt hour. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And it, uh, it the reason that's attractive is it's uh, we can do things with with futures on fuel, for instance. We can we can help you level out, so it becomes a very predictable cost. And 15. you're talking about from a source, from a gas source yeah. from a perspective. Yeah. Okay. And that's not the only reason. It's opex versus capex. Right. Depends on yeah, your yeah. model. Sure. You know, as you know, some. Some managed service providers may prefer an OPEX model to sure. a CAPEX model. Sure. Compass or if you're dealing prefer. with the end user directly too, right? He may that's, want an OPEX model. Yeah. That's a great point. The yeah. tenants, the, the tenants in our in our world are, are absolutely influential in this. Yeah. They um, they care about the environment. They're driving the, these terms in the leases, as you probably know. Uh, they want to understand the carbon footprint of the building. They want to understand the carbon footprint of the power generation. Mm -hmm. That is another, just another great benefit of Bloom. We, we, we check all those boxes today, right? All right, so I got, I got, I can capitally buy it and I pay the gas company and, and mm -hmm. you guys have a service contract with me mm -hmm. to monitor my, my gear. Um, I can have a power purchase agreement with you and I'm assuming all my service and all of that is included. What happens to the gas company in that model? Are you guys contracting with them and I, it's all covered in my rate or do I still contract with the gas provider? Yes. Or I can do it either way. <laughs> either way. Okay, yep. I got you. So yep. if I if I just pay you a price per kilowatt hour, you can take care of everything for me if yes. I if I in, for lack of a better a turnkey solution, right? That's, you that's can right. you can do and you'll handle the gas company negotiation for me. We will. We'll okay. be right there with you. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It, it you know it typically will look like a, perhaps almost like a joint venture on this power purchase agreement. Um, and then exactly, we charge you per kilowatt hour. Fuel can be included in that. Uh, we can work on hedging if it's if it's a volatile environment uh, for fuel. It's um it, it's it, essentially just an economic model. How do you how do you want to see it? Okay. Uh, so Bloom we, Bloom is very flexible. Way. Yeah. Got it. Um, the um, we, we tap dancing around a little bit. I've got customers that want to be in my building, mm -hmm. and and they drive a lot of how I do it. Right. They they have they have pretty strong opinions yep. about how I do it from an ESG perspective. Um, today, uh, how have you guys handled the customer base from a you deal directly with the customer. So I think of a hospital or a retailer, you're providing and you've got your customer and it's really clean. Yeah. In the service provider, because you mentioned MSP or, or guys in my business that are building buildings, real estate guys, how are those you know, um, three-party, for lack of a better term, transactions, how are those going? Have you done a lot of them? How is that looking uh, for you guys? Is it something you're good at yet? Where, where are you at in that process? Because I, I get Great. when you're, you go to a retailer and he wants power, there's two parties and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. But I think of a service provider or a developer, either one, yeah. I'd like to understand how, how's that going for yeah, you? Yeah, someone, someone walking into a hardware store to buy a hammer is not really going to be concerned with, yeah. with how that hardware store is care. receiving right. their power. Yeah. Not true for our not, not in my business. Yeah, so my business, they care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think that uh, you hit on the head uh, exactly why Bloom has this vertical, the data center vertical. Um, 
there are multiple influencers, right? There are tenants, there are design shops, right? You've got the Corgans and others. Mm -hmm. You've got GCs like Holder and Turner and Hit and everybody that builds the buildings. Then you've got the landlord, the compass of the world. Um, then you've got the tenant. And, and you will be influenced by what the tenant mm -hmm. says, right? Yeah. You, you care about that lease. So that, that's exactly why we, we have a, a vertical for data centers. So it's absolutely number one top priority for me to articulate the bloom value to the tenants, to the design shops, to the GCs, even to the operators. Um, are we good at that today? No, no, we're not. Uh, the, the world, the tenants need to know that we're here and there's another alternative. There is a way to reduce your, your, your carbon credits that you're, that you're buying today, right? And that's with us. So that's the, that's the number one priority for me personally. It's messaging and branding to the influencers. Gotcha. Um, the, the, the data center world is, is fairly consolidated, as you know. We have you know, 15 to 25 big players, yep. and then it drops It changes dramatically, after, changes that. Yeah, dramatically yeah, yeah, yeah. after that. And it's very, very global. Is, is Jeff, is, is it too much for me to say is that this is part of what Bloom is building this division for is to get in that conversation in that, in that um, I hate the word ecosystem, but I'll say it, mm -hmm. in that eco data center ecosystem where you've got, uh, there are developers and our design firms mm -hmm. and, and our customers and our providers. Is that why this division is being stood up is that Bloom says, hey, this is a real market for us. I think us. that's a very big part of it. And I appreciate the humility of you saying we're not good at it yet. You guys are starting to figure this part out. Hey, yeah, this, this business needs us. We need this business and let's figure out how to do it as a group. Yeah. Exactly. We know we have a tremendous team today um, and our team is is expanding very quickly. Right. So I'm bringing in some true data center veterans, some true pros that can speak across the spectrum. Right. You, you, you hit it on the head again. It's uh, we it, it exists in large part. This this vertical exists in order to begin articulating the message, branding the product. Um, fixing some of the misconceptions. You know, we're not a battery, we're not a generator. We don't instantly turn on. We don't replace a UPS. There are instances where you could probably do that, but you know, in general, um, the data center world is somewhat conservative with standards, right? So um, the, you know, the company, I think, is, uh, has some great foresight in, in trying to get to the influencers. And yes, that's a big part of why the vertical exists. The other part well, is- Two uh, seconds, Dean, yeah. that's why they're looking at you, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Leave yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean, <laughs> Dean's, Dean's going to get to hear his name again. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah Mr. Dean. Oh yeah. Um, I'll be with him. I think later today. Yeah. Um, so, also you need to with these types of of customers with whether it's semiconductor manufacturing or whether it's network gear or whether it's data centers, your your team needs to speak the language of the customer. Um, in the case of data centers and and most other verticals, they're global. Right, centralized decision making, uh, typically in the US, but not always, but centralized. They wanna know what you're doing in Dublin, Ireland, what you're doing in London, what you're doing in Germany, places where, where power is even more constrained than, than the US by far. Yeah. Um, and the pricing is, is, is not stopping. It's, it's getting atmospheric at this point. It's, just, it's taking off like crazy. So um, we need to look like the customer. That's the bottom line. They need to know that they have a central place they can go to. They have a group that speaks their language. They have a group that they're not going to need to educate. Uh, you know, every every time they speak to someone new, you know, I, I know what you mean when you're talking about PUE, and I know what you mean when you're talking about medium voltage gear and everything else Switch that we talk about. Everything, everything. Yeah, yeah. we get yeah. it, yeah. we get it.
So, so uh, w- one last thing. Let's hit on uh, the, the story. I think is fascinating. I think I get a, a pretty good understanding of, of why it's getting popular and why you're having all the conversations and, frankly, why you're here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, what, what does the competitive landscape look like for you? I, 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 don't, I don't think you're a competitor to a utility, right? You're an, an augmenter or you're an enhancer or you're a collaborator. I don't think you're really a competitor with a utility. So who are you a competitor with? You know, uh, I'll hit the utility one first. I'll take that in reverse. Um, it depends on the utility. So Bloom has a fantastic focus, uh, similar to the data center world, on the utilities, right? We have a, we have a group of utility professionals that are working with utilities to supplement their power as within the primary, within the primary grid, right? So not behind the meter, in front of the meter this time. So Bloom can actually get the utility there more quickly. Um, it depends on the utility whether or not they see us as competitive or a risk of some sort when we're behind the meter. Very much depends on on your location. Yeah. From a from a fuel cell, uh, Bloom Bloom is the oldest with the most experience. I, I don't. I don't, I don't know, I can't think of anyone with the scale that we have, you know, hundreds of, hundreds of megawatts, gigawatts deployed globally, global support, all, all of that. So the competition- I'm not, I'm not asking you yeah. to mention your competitors, but yeah. I mean, is, is that legit? You, you guys are, I know you've been around more than a decade. You guys have got hundreds of installs. Mm. Is, is It's thousands. the most mature and it, thousands of- For some, sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure, absolutely. No, no one has been doing this longer, longer than Bloom, which is why we have such a head start in my opinion from a manufacturing, from a scale perspective, from a global support perspective, follow the sun maintenance and, and support. Um, like I said, 24 seven, always there. Um, a competitor in our world might be gas turbines, might be okay. diesel gens if I'm looking yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Africa yeah. or something like some other form of generation with a massive mm-hmm. carbon footprint. And you guys seen any traction in Africa? I got to think you're you're infinitely more reliable than their grid. Is, is, that, is that something that's a, a play for you guys already? Um, Certainly conversations. Yeah, nothing, nothing formal okay. inked yet um, whatsoever, but some, some very, very scalable designs um, uh, that we're working on with, uh, with a particular provider called Kasi Cloud, K-A-S-I. Uh, Dean's involved with that okay. as well. <laughs> Dean, 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 we Dean, see you again. <laughs> That's through Cato uh, working with Kasi Cloud. Um, okay. Massive demand. I mean, in the, in the Lagos region, there's 15.4 million people. Yeah. Right. The hyperscalers need to be in they there. They be, want to be yeah, in there. Yeah. So, um, like I said, nothing formal inked yet, uh, but certainly designs underway for how we could we could generate 100 megawatts of power for Kasi with a much lower carbon footprint and five nines of availability versus no nines. Yeah, yeah. In case of versus like three sevens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I, I think it's two eights. Two eights. All right. <laughs> I, I think of it, you know, the first time I went to Africa, I was fascinated by how many people carried cell phones mm-hmm. and it was still fairly, you know, early in the cell and, and having conversations with business people there. They're like, look, we didn't build yep, a, right. a phone network, you know, the first go around. We didn't build a wired phone network. We just skipped over that phase and we just went straight yeah, to cellular, right? Because it was a much easier um, system to distribute. And I kind of yeah. think the same thing, right? It's not a terribly sophisticated power generation continent or country. And I could see skipping over that and just you know, seeing a, you guys. That's a fantastic example. Yeah. That's a fantastic example, right? Um, no, you're, you're, you're spot on. And there is a, a true desire to start being green day one. That's right, right from this, the beginning. This is, this right. is Greenfield. Right? We, don't, we don't need to build That's a coal-fired right. power plant. Let's do something else yeah. because it wasn't here 80 years ago, so That's we don't right. have to start there, right? Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. Dean's organization through, yeah. you know, through Cato is, is giving you zero carbon compute. 
Yeah. Um, as an as a managed service, um, Kasi Cloud is paying maniacal attention to the sustainability of that building, the way in which they cool it, the way in which they build it, obviously, and the way in which they power it. Most importantly. So start from day one with a much greener solution. Like I said, sitting there ready for hydrogen. If, if it gets there, if we need to go there, it's not a problem for us. Um, and that's exactly how they're looking at it. The cell phone example is a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us, even though it was 6.30 in the morning. 6.30. I know, that's brutal. 6 We really appreciate it. Let me mention it one more time. Yes, it's 6.30 in the morning. Yes. But uh, thanks for talking with us about Bloom Energy. We're excited what you guys are doing and grateful to see you in our space and see your team starting to understand yeah. our space and help us solve the problems. Because at the end of the day, we get we get asked all the time about power. I'm like, hey, you keep wanting to order food off of uh, Uber yeah. Eats, right? I think you still want your cell phone to work. You still want the infrastructure. You, you need us to be able to be behind it. So we, right. we really appreciate That's it, right. Jeff. Excited for what the future holds for you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Take care.